0: Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e commerce. No fluff, just step by step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve Podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ here, and welcome back to the How We Solve Podcast. Today, I have with me Amas, the founder of The Better Experience Group and a customer experience author and expert. Welcome to the show, Amas. Hey, GQ. Thank you so much for, for having me. Happy to be here. And what's really interesting here is that I got the opportunity to appear on Amas's show a while back. So we're kind of swapping the seats <laughs> now and I think it's, it's going to be really fun. Awesome. Awesome. I'm not used to sitting on this side. So let's see <laughs> <laughs> For listeners out there, tell us a little bit more about how did you get to where you are today, becoming the founder, becoming the expert in everything customer experience, really? Like a lot of people, by accident,
1: right? <laughs> you know, I was a software developer a million years ago, and I had this product, you know, in the late '90s that I was trying to sell, and the best use case for it happened to be contact centers and telemarketing folks. And so that's how I, I dropped out of college to go chase that. And then that's how I got into the space. I ended up going back to to school, but I learned that business in that in that way. So I understood the technology and then I spend time underst- understanding the people and the processes and, and all of that. And so I have had the privilege of working on all sides of of this business, you know, whether it's on the cx side you know uh, the analytics and journey mapping and those side the operations piece um, of this business you know outsourcing on and on and on but the last since 2014 i've been running my own uh consulting firm so you know I've written books all around this, <laughs> this topic, and i uh, got the privilege of working with dozens of clients all around the world so i have um lots of uh scars and things not to do and <laughs> some, good, some good ideas too along the way so it's been a it's been a fun ride but i didn't i didn't predict this i you know i have a, a computer engineering degree and um, this is where my path ended up taking me
0: with so much experience and customer experience at this stage I, i'm very sure like you said battle scars if you will what's a specific challenge or or problem that you you've come across in your you know time as as a thought leader in this space uh, that we're going to discuss today.
1: Yeah, there's so 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 many to to choose from. I think off the top of my head, I would say the we worked with an electronics company just not to mention it, but they they were in the business of making televisions. And it's oh gosh, how many years ago has it been? But maybe four <laughs> or five years ago, and they had great satisfaction at the point of sale. So the best way to think about it is people would buy these televisions excited. And then they would get home and their satisfaction would just plummet. Oh, gosh. Okay. Which didn't make any sense to them because you get flat screen TV and they were a big deal then. And, you know, you should put them on your wall and, and all of those things. So that's that to me was this. And they had hired people before my firm to try and fix this problem. And no one really was able to crack it. So I think that's one of those interesting challenges where you come in and you... I, I, I practice stoicism, so I have a sense of humility. I don't walk in going, I'm smarter than these other guys. <laughs> <laughs> I go in more from a, okay, what am I missing here? So I think one of the things that you know, makes me and the folks who work with me and my team unique is we really have a unique sauce on how we can get in the customer's head, And we're not using any brand new tools. It's, you know, journey mapping, you know, surveys, that kind of thing. But I think we're especially good at that piece of it. So in this case, right, so they implemented all of these things, you know, know, all this whole deal. And when we got there and we presented our findings to them, they were going, you can't be serious. (laughs) We said, (laughs) if you want to solve this problem, you have to do is put in a free ten foot HDMI cord in the box. <laughs> oh wow, wow! You're kidding me. Holy, really? Wow! And, and you will be there. I think this is 2014 era. So, because of what was happening now, that wasn't the only problem, but that was by far the biggest problem. Was that you got this TV and you got there. If you were fortunate, right? Maybe someone told you you needed this cord. But in general, you sort of got there and you had your old chords, the red and the yellow one. And you, and, and so by the time you went back to Radio Shack, Radio Shack was a thing then, and you got back, the whole TV thing was, it was all, you know, your experience had gone from here. And now your feelings about the brand sort of changes. So there were a few other things, but what it reemphasized emphasized to me and to all of us has always been that, you know. You know the best ideas are fairly simple, and in retrospect, they always seem very obvious, right? And but you don't you don't sort of know it at the time, and so they built um, whole systems around technology. Go to this website. They done all of these things, and this cord, right? This ten foot cord was far and away, and the the results were dramatic. They put this cord in, and they put they did a few other things, but by far, just the presence of this cord meant that. I bought my TV, I got home, and I could get a picture, <laughs> right? And, yes. Uh, and all of a sudden, their experience and their view. And I have several of these kinds of moments. And so I, I'm always guided by when we get into a room, or virtually, and we start getting really, really complicated, I'm always forcing myself to, to step back, right? Particularly if we're looking for dramatic changes, oftentimes it's... It's these, what seem like inconsequential problems that ends up being the most consequential.
0: I love that. It's kind of very similar with that 80-20 rule that I guess did to some degree, like identifying the low hanging fruit to some sense and just like taking care of that and immediately just so that's just something that you can quickly like fix or remedy or improve. And CX just goes up as a result. How did you come to the conclusions though? Like, what, what types of surveys, what types of uh, like analysis, or what what types of uh, yeah? How did you get there? Yeah. So I think lots of
1: people in the space do journey mapping. Some do it poorly. Some do it well. So so journey mapping is is a tool that I our most popular thing we do is journey map. It's a this product or relationship mapping and we help them. But we like to teach clients because I don't think you need to bring someone like me or anyone. But what it does for you is you can get in the customer's shoe and you can get as granular as you want. That's just the start. The second thing is now the ability to identify the true moments of truth and the ability to connect those moments of truth, right, to customer sentiment or to a customer behavior. So in other words, There might be moments in your journey that matter to the customer and you could fix them, but it won't change their sentiment. Take wait time, for example. Clients will call us and they will think that, man, if we just shortened wait time, whether it's physical wait time at a grocery store or over the phone voila! customers would love us and time and time and time again, it's an important moment of truth to the customer and it matters, but it generally wouldn't buy you any significant change in loyalty. Right? So it's knowing those kinds of things. Whereas conversely, similar to that cable story, we did some work for a um, nonprofit and they too, right? And so the, thin that i've not been when i i love delivering the results and i said to her i go the one thing you should go do is fix (laughs) your parking situation and she looked at me and i goes what What? what do you mean i go these are all of the challenges but at the end of the day no matter what happens in this museum of yours when i leave and i get to the parking lot all of the goodness is gone (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) All the good feelings I had disappears immediately because your parking is a nightmare. So it's our ability to use those same tools, but then tease out, does it matter to the customer is the first gate? And does fixing that result in a significant change in either sentiment or behavior? And there's a way you can tease it. In some cases, it's fairly easy to tease it, right? So I can ask you the waiting in line in the grocery store example and said to you that. If your favorite grocery store you know, made the lines shorter, would you feel better about the grocery store? Sure. Mm-hmm. I and said to you, if that same grocery store, if the grocery store hired us and what they cared about was loyalty, if I moved that grocery store by 10 miles with the shorter lines, will you drive there? I suspect <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> that you'll go to the next <laughs> one that has a slightly longer line. So what that allows us to do is it matters to you, but fixing it doesn't necessarily impact whatever the thin the client is trying to optimize for and different clients are trying to optimize for different things so that's kind of these nuggets
0: come from and they're usually pretty powerful that is truly amazing because i I think like in this day and age sometimes uh we take because you know there's so much information that you can gather right now and i think like it's not even just like with physical products right when we talked about software we talked about e-commerce right There's so many things that you can look at today. There's like, I think getting information is not a huge problem. Once you plug things in, you can get so much information, but just figuring out how all that correlates together to find those low-hanging fruits to improve how people work with your application or your store, online store, that's the key. Like you have to decide what are the actual success metrics you want to take a note of, yeah.
1: And I also find that a lot of us are burdened with trying to optimize for too many things. So we do a good job of forcing you to say, because every someone says, ah, we want them to be loyal, we want them to buy more, da 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 I force them to rank it. That's also part of this things in saying it's if what I'm trying to optimize for, not that I don't want all of them, right? It's the same way as like, what's the number one thing that you're really getting at on one or two? And that's how you get really fine-tuned where I can say, go do this one thing. And so advice varies by... What we're trying to optimize for if all you cared about is repeat business or more spend, whatever that thing is, it's teasing that out and forcing all of us to say, okay, this is my number one goal as opposed to I want it all. I want them to be this and that. So that's that's the other part as well. You're right. How do
0: you correlate that data? That is so true. Because for example, today, when you focus on that one thing. That changes a lot of things immediately for your business once you achieve it, right?
1: Yes, there's the do- there's the domino effect, right? You think about um, certain industries and in the context of, of where you are, right? So how much competition is there, right? So based on what's the cost of customer acquisitions, based on some of these trade-offs, it's always interesting to have some of these conversations. You'll start to hear that some industries will go, well, if you go do this, we'll get you great customer loyalty, but there's a cost of margin to it. So it's understanding those incentives and, and playing them together. But I, I do think that, you know, on this point, part of what will help people listen to this who are in CX or in whatever industry is that I am a big believer in, in polymath and having understanding of different things, even though you're not an expert. When I used to work for the wonderful company, Teleflora, those brands, I ended up learning about supply chain, right? So those knowledge you pick up here and there so that when you're solving, you're able to think a little bit like someone who was in that place, right? It expands your mind, you can wear many hats, helps you come get a lot more creative about the feasibility of some of your ideas.
0: And to build on this aspect of like, so I guess we have a lot of good insights today, Amas. like, you know, with regards to how people can identify what are some of the key things or prioritize how they like to improve CX right away. What types of resources, books, or tools did you recommend entrepreneurs or people in the CX field to check out so that they can have a better understanding of how they can go about improving customer experience? I would probably
1: say, let me give one really good example, The Effortless Experience by Matt Dixon and I forget his co-author now. That was one of those books, like you know how... Someone writes a book you wish you you had written. Like <laughs> that was that was one of those moments because what they talked about was this idea that, in retrospect, seems pretty obvious. Your goal shouldn't be to delight and surprise customers, but to give them this predictable service that um, is frictionless. Right, remove effort was sort of their their deal, and the effort score has fallen out of favor now. But the principles are are so fundamental to how you should run your business. And it was backed by pretty hard research. I think that's a book that sort of says that, that you know, if you're in CX, if you're in support, if you're in any sort of customer deal, like it will reframe you into focusing your attention on not the shiny objects, but how can I operationalize making sure the customer is not working too hard. So that would be one great book I would recommend.
0: And that is somewhat similar to, in terms of the concept of it. It's it's also similar to your book where it says, you know, it's no one wants customer service. And I think this is something that you've uh, written with uh, David. So yeah, that w- w- I mean, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what that book covers because it sounds similar as well.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, my, my first book on CX was The Curated Experience, I think in 2013, 14. And that really focused more on how do you oper- operationalize this really hyper-personal experience and it gets into the Meats and Potatoes, But the no one wants customer service is exactly that, right? So if you approach service from the humility approach, that this is a necessary evil, that uh, even the best customer service, I am not dying to call you, to text you, email you, no matter how great it is. You're going to sort of think about life in that frame. You start to make very, very different decisions. You start to then think about, okay, how can I prevent you from contacting me? How about I contact you? And what I advocate for is a world where service goes from reactive to predictive, right? And what you'll find is it will remove all the sufficiency in service instead of trying to improve it and making sure this. And I just go, well, how do we change the paradigm and instead think about it as uh, let's figure out how to make sure for the most part, I should be the one contacting you. And when you do contact me, the service should be smart. And by smart, it means simple things. If I call my insurance company and I only have auto and home with them, they shouldn't give me 10 options. You identify my phone number and it should just be smart. Like it should just be very smart. You shouldn't ask me for the last four of my social when I'm calling on a very routine task. Look, get smarter and smarter and smarter so that you are proactive service. And when you do have to do reactive service, it is smart my frustration with service is not that people are not nice or that it's just dumb right it's a <laughs> it's not it's a blunt instrument and that's what i advocate companies to to focus on
0: that's a very good point that you brought up when it comes to for example getting all these data points through technology now when in your career or your, when in your journey so far as a thought leader when, when did you realize digital transformation was here to stay i was on the wrong side of
1: the blockbuster. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was a young consultant at the time, and I was on the wrong side of that. Um, so so there was that moment. Gosh, wow, humility. But it was also that a few years ago. Gosh, my my ability to keep track of time has changed. But <laughs> years ago, the government we started getting the government putting out you know RFPs to to do cx and digital transformation right like the post office we did some work for an organization that runs i guess you will call them dmvs for a lot of states in this area so like when the dmv starts saying you know what <laughs> like, it's time we did something else like right? the department of motor vehicles that everyone hates and all of that and even they're going you know what that's the moment i sort of go all right this is no longer something i have to convince people so now i've stopped right I, I don't walk into anywhere now where I have to do all this rigmarole about what, no, it's more about how and how quickly can we get there. We have tipped the scales where once the government gets on the train, you know, that <laughs> it's, it's, it's mainstream.
0: Now, just to round this off, here is my favorite question for every guest on the show. So, you know, with everything that you're doing, and I love the fact that, you know, that I I have never written a book to to, to kind of share where I am, because I'm always learning. And I I love the fact that you're giving back so much value to the community in CX and every other person that benefits from CX. Is there a personal mission statement that you live by? Yeah, I, I do. I think professionally, right? I think that...
1: Human beings and corporations, we are on this earth to do good to others, right? I mean, I, I didn't plan this, but incidentally, I'm wearing this shirt with my favorite, <laughs> uh, quote by Marcus Aurelius, which is this waste no time arguing a good person to be. be one. And it's, it's this idea that there is no conflict between doing good and doing well. So I I do try to uh, as much as possible and vibe that in everything I do and try and to best my ability work with organizations that um, share those values as well.
0: Love it. So Amas, if anyone wants to reach out to get more information, to get more advice, to pick your brains on certain topics, what what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: I'm on social media, so LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, LinkedIn, you will even get my my cell. Um, so I. I love this stuff. I'll I'll talk your ears to death uh, <laughs> about it. My company is the Better Experience Group, so betterexperiencegroup.com. It's, it's there, but uh, it's easier to just contact reconnect with me directly and I'd uh,
0: uh, love to share perspectives with anyone interested. All right. We would love to have you back on the show, man. That was really, really wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Amos. And thank you for tuning in to the How We Solve podcast.
1: Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E.com.
0: Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.